0: Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill, Ruck Up Buttercup. Welcome back to Ruck Up Buttercup. We're on our third episode of season two and we're so excited to have you guys back here with us. The last few weeks have been crazy. I know that a lot of you have had deployments come up that you were not expecting, and I think that's going to continue to be the trend for a while, so we're glad that you're here with us so we can support you through deployments, through homecomings, whatever is coming up in your future. We're currently at 14 different installations across the nation, so if you're looking for some support, feel free to reach out to either our main page on Facebook or look for an installation near you where they may be hosting events as well. Today we're back and we have a special guest with us. We have Ashley and Kendra Lowe, Dr. Lowe.
1: Yeah, so we're super excited. So Kendra has over 21 years of experience and wears multiple hats in the military community. Veteran, psychologist, CEO, author, and of course, military spouse. Welcome, Kendra.
2: Thank you, Sabrina and Ashley for having me here today. And I say this every single time, so it's um, very repetitive, but any chance I get to talk about Just my work and experience and help military spouses, I completely feel selfish because it fills me up just as much as I hope that it helps you. So thank you for inviting me to be here today and thank you all for listening.
1: Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to wear all of those different hats?
2: Sure. So I, I think without going back too far, but just giving a little bit of the foundation, I grew up a military brat, so it was definitely aware of the military lifestyle, being a dependent, and just had a family that instilled service to country. So when it came time to decide what I was going to do when I grow up, which I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, going into service was just something that I was very passionate about. So was able to go to the Air Force Academy and start kind of my career there. And once I graduated, was able to serve six years active duty. Decided to separate while my husband continued to serve. So we've been in 21 years. And uh, during the time that I separated and transitioned to that role of a military spouse, that's really. A key point, a turning point that caused or really fueled the rest of the hats that you mentioned that I wear. I struggled. I really believed that I had been a military spouse for the past six years. What I failed to realize is all the amenities that come with wearing the uniform at the same time. When you move, you have instant connection with the unit or squadron. You have a job, you have that fulfillment. And so when I took off that uniform and continued to serve through my husband, I was hit head on with all of the challenges that we talk about as military spouses, unemployment, underemployment, isolation, fatigue, everything that again, that we discuss nowadays was just present in my life in that first month. And so I really thought, am I the only one struggling with this? And are there other military spouses feeling the same way? I was fortunate at that time that I was in a master's program. And so my mentor said, "It, Kendra, it's time to start looking at what your project's going to be. And I had a whole bunch of ideas and he kind of sat me down and said, what are you passionate about? And I said, I'm passionate about service and about military families and communities and spouses. And he's like, that's where you need to go. So that fueled my research on military spouse stress. And from that point I was able to finish that project and publish it. And then, which is typical of our lifestyle we had to move to North Carolina from Valdosta, Georgia. And had the opportunity to go back and finish my doctorate and expand upon that research. So that was really how all of these hats developed. And I continue to just discuss those findings and discuss how we can continue to support and lift up each other as military spouses.
0: Yeah. And I think your story is very, very similar to a lot of military members who do get out and become that military spouse. And that could be a male or a female. You've had a career since you were young. Um, That's something that you had something to rely back on. And I know that that challenge of suddenly feeling like you're you're just following someone is a totally different challenge than a lot of military spouses who originally started out as a dependent feel. Uh, It's a challenge that I think only the veterans can understand that it's not the same community as you were used to being part of.
2: It's a big shift. It's a big uh, pivot that you have to try to embrace. And it's difficult in those uh, transitioning months or years to find yourself again. And I think a big part of it is that identity, as you mentioned.
1: Well, and I feel like it's also like a reoccurring cycle. Like I, I know, like I didn't serve, I grew up a military brat too, But, you know, every time we move, having to kind of start over, refresh, find a new job. I know we've, we've had a lot of different spouses that we've talked to have these same frustrations and including those that have been prior service. Because usually the prior service individuals feel like they don't belong necessarily in the normal military spouse realm because they've had the service before they've seen the other side. Um, But we've had several come to some of our events, and we keep telling them like, no, like, I mean, you have a different input because you've seen the other side. So it's really nice that you can be like, hey, well, this is how that works. But your, your struggles are just as valid as like someone who wasn't in the service type of thing.
2: And you bring up such a good point. They're just as valid. All of our struggles are valid. And as a community, I think we need to do sometimes a better job with that instead of, as I call it, um, holding up our measure stick of you know is this your first pcs or your first deployment there's no measure stick in this community we need to get rid of it if it's a struggle and a challenge to you it's real it doesn't matter if you're it's your first second fifth 15th on your 15th pcs it could be the most stressful one because you have to leave a child behind for the first time for some reason and so Validation of each and every single spouse's struggles is so important to sit and listen and say, Tell me why this is significant for you. Tell me why you're struggling right now. That really lays a fi- foundation for spouses to let them know that you care, that you're listening, and you understand.
0: Absolutely. I know Ashley and I go through multiple deployments. We do, it seems like our husbands alternate deployments, <laughs> one of ours is always gone. So we go through them and I can tell you every single year, my deployments are different. Mm-hmm. It hits different holidays. It could be that one of them has summer camp all year or whatever, the different things that are changing. So yeah. And that's a big part of deployed love is when we bring people into our events, we're not asking your rank. We don't care where your husband works. Like we just want to support you. And that's huge to us to be able to just be able to support spouses in any way
2: we can. Absolutely. And I think, um, that's a great shift is just going back and saying, what can we do? What can we do to help you um, where you're at? And that's important to let them know that you're going to meet them where they're at and
0: provide that support.
2: I think that's fantastic.
0: Absolutely. So this month we've been talking about relationships um, that's been across all the platforms of Deployed Love. This can mean relationships with your spouse, with your in-laws, your friends. So we're focusing a little bit more on the relationship with ourselves today because that's another relationship that's very important. We've all had internal battles that can make it hard for us. Can you walk us through a few steps on how we can improve our mental relationship with ourselves?
2: Yes. And I love that you describe it as a relationship with yourself. That's such a fantastic way to say it because it is, it is a relationship with yourself. Do you have one? And I, and I've asked individuals that before, and they're not quite sure what that means. And just as we take time to feed, to fill up, to connect with other relationships. It's so important to do that with yourself. And so, you know, that first step is just self-awareness. Are you comfortable with yourself? Do you take time to reflect? And that could be through journaling, through mindfulness, through meditation. Do you take time for that self-awareness to understand where you're at? We aren't as diligent and deliberate about our relationship with ourselves as military spouses. Why? Because there's so much going on. And where do we always put ourselves? At the bottom of the list, we're notorious for it. And so really in, in my second book, what I talk about is try for a week, Try for two weeks, a month, put yourself at the top of the list. It's really hard because we feel guilty about it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to put myself at the top. Wow. Am I really that important? Yeah, you really are. Because if you're not functioning, guess what? Everything else goes down. And we hear that analogy all the time of the flight attendant. When the, uh, if the oxygen masks were to drop, you need to put yours on first before you help another individual we hear it a lot, but I love it because it's so true. If you're not functioning, if you're not taking care of yourself, there is no way that you can help your active duty spouse. There is no way that you can offer support to your children because you're not at that place yourself. So what can we do? A lot of it is about that self-care, but the tapes that play in our in our heads are an important piece of it. So what I talk, I break it down into two different things. It's our response to stress and challenges and then how we manage it. So the response really talks about the tapes that play in our head. And I'll give you an example. When we first moved from North Carolina to Okinawa, Japan, uh, we were told it was a two-year assignment. So that tape playing in my head was, I am so excited about this adventure about a chance to immerse my three young children in the culture that they would at no other point have that experience. We did the heinous 36-hour travel overseas, landed on the tarmac at Kadena Air Base, took our little Okinawa cars over to our cinder block, as they like to call it, the on-base housing, walked in the door. We were clearly exhausted. His unit was fantastic, and they had set up the house for us, and his boss and boss's uh, wife was there. And they're talking a lot and she's telling me a whole bunch of details of spouse things that they have going on. And I'm kind of half listening, right? Cause I'm falling asleep as I'm standing and we're so excited. And the whole time I'm telling myself, yes, this two years is going to be such an adventure. It's going to be just a chance to immerse myself in this culture. And, and she says, yeah, we're just so excited and this and that, and we just can't believe we're going to have you here four years. And my face fell. My husband saw it from across the room and he says to everyone, thank you so much for everything. But I, I think Kendra's tired, you know, if, uh, we'll meet up with you tomorrow. We laid the kids down and I um, looked at him and I said, are we here for four years? And he said, I just found out tonight. And so what happened in that instant, that tape that was playing in my head of this is an adventure, this is a chance to immerse myself in the culture shifted to this is a lifetime this is four years that my children aren't going to have time with their grandparents because we're halfway around the world this is four years that i'm going to struggle with unemployment and underemployment this is four years that i ended up losing my last three remaining grandparents and i couldn't travel back overseas because he was deployed we were in a foreign country i couldn't leave my children unattended it shifted that tape and so when i talk about that that response is how do we change that tape that's playing in our heads? That's so important. That's coping skills, right? So what are my two main coping skills? Painting walls, ironically, and exercise. What happened in Okinawa, Japan? We were on base housing. I couldn't paint walls. I couldn't exercise as much as I typically would because there was no childcare, and I had a two, a three, and a five-year-old. No childcare at the base gym. And running outside in 90 degrees humidity, some can do it. I cannot. So all of a sudden those got taken from me as well. So I went back to my training and I said, what else can I use? Because here's an important thing to remember. What works for you in your 20s might not work for you in your 30s, might yes. not work oh my for goodness. you in your 40s. So those things that you're tried and true in your 20s are like, yes, this helped me get through it. When you shift and when you're in a different challenge, a different uh, stage of life, a different stressor, guess what? Some of those might not work. How full is your tool bag that you can reach into? And that's what I really aspire to do is filling up that tool bag as full as you can. So if you have a different challenge, different stressor, different stage of life, you can say, you know what? I've never journaled. I hate journaling. But guess what? In my 40s, it's actually a calming thing for me it's a chance to reflect it's forcing myself to write down my thoughts and feelings and emotions so i went into my tool bag and i thought what can i do kendra you've got to find something to shift that tape and so i can't paint walls and i all the junk mail comes in late at night in okinawa so i was on my email wall words and so i'm like "Well, wow, i can put stuff on the wall applique and so I'm looking at all these wall words and it's live, love, laughter, joy, friendship is fantastic and eat well and live well. And I was like, these are not going to help me because, again, going back to those tools, I wanted a visual reminder. And so I clicked on another tab and there it was, wake up, kick ass, repeat. And I ordered it that night in the largest, darkest letters, put it on our living room wall and it stayed there the entire time we were in Okinawa, Japan. Why? Why? because it was my visual reminder every single day that I have a choice. I have a choice in this day of, am I going to embrace this? Am I going to embrace this time I have here? Am I gonna look back and say, wow, I really enjoyed it, or gosh, I wasted four years being miserable. For me, that was such an important tool to shift that tape in my head or that response to that challenge in that stressful situation for me. And we can do this. We can do this individually, have your own mantra. We have a family one. I talk about this all the time as families. What's your family's mantra? Do you have one? It doesn't have to be anything uh, completely out there. Ours is Lowe's never give up. And I've seen it in my children's homework assignments, writing assignments. Why? Because that is what we embrace as a family. What do you embrace as a family? What's your family's mantra is a great tool. That's really that response piece. The management piece, again, is putting those tools into place. What do you have? Do you typically exercise? We talk about exercise all the time. It doesn't have to be lacing up your shoes and going on a 5k run if you've never run before. It could be walking 30 minutes every day. Research has shown that walking 30 minutes Every day is just as effective as a sleeping aid or medication for those that have insomnia. Walk, stretch, the silver lining of COVID, and we can search and find many, is that so many Things that we typically had to do outside of our home, we can do inside our home now. There are so many ways that we can do exercise virtually. I could go on and on about tools. Goal setting is another fantastic thing. Um, Do you have family goals? Is that realistic? Yes, it is. Do we always meet them? No. My first boss, when I entered active duty, sat us all down and said, I want you to have quarterly goals, semi-annual goals, and annual goals, and I want them to be physical, mental, educational, listed five different areas. And I thought, oh my gosh, seriously? Wow, was that effective? Mm -hmm. Every quarter I could look back, what steps have I taken to educationally, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially? What steps have I taken? Gosh, I haven't done anything in that area. Maybe I need to be more proactive. You can do that as a family. My husband and I sit down every single year. and One of the big conversations we have is, We all have a choice to continue to serve. Is this still working for our family? Do you have those conversations? Do you goal set? That's a fantastic tool of breathing. Uh, We we hear mindfulness all the time Uh, and it doesn't have to be again, this allotted hour of time because it's sometimes thinking of it being an hour can be overwhelming. Do I really have an hour to block out? Okay, next time. You are waiting in the grocery line. You are waiting at a doctor's appointment. You are waiting in carpool pickup line. Look around and see how many people are on their phones. Almost every single person. You take that prime opportunity. Don't look at your phone. Breathe, breathe in and breathe out. Again, it has shown effectiveness of lowering your heart rate, lowering cortisol levels. There are so many tools that we can put in pockets of time that can help us throughout our day to manage stress levels, anxiety levels, challenges that we're confronted with. I talked a super long time. Those are just some <laughs> of the top tools. You cool. guys,
1: you have to be careful. If you let me keep talking, I'll just keep talking. You got to cut me off. <laughs> you, you have made some great points. I know here at Fort Bragg, the deployed love this year, we, you know, after going through so many rapid deployments, we, we've seen the stress level in the military community go higher and higher, and higher. And So we did a vision board, um, activity and I did mine and I've never done one before. And it was really great because I put a whole bunch of different, like mine was really colorful. And so, and I really wanted to work on balance this year because I was kind of all over the place last year and kind of felt like every time a rapid deployment happened, I got thrown, thrown. And I was like, I don't want that to happen again this year. Like this year, we're going to set goals. We're going to do this you know, obviously like something's going to change it, you know, we'll have to adjust, but it's been great because I have it next to my desk and I can look at it and be like, I got this. Like I've got mantras on there. I've got my goals and, um, it really helps. I want to, my feeling a little overwhelmed with work stuff. I can look over and be like, okay, nope. Okay. We're going to do 20 more minutes of this and then we'll move on to the next activity and then come back type of thing. And it's been really helpful to be able to kind of focus in on what I said I was going to do at the beginning of the year and help with that anxiety level that I would have if I didn't have that daily reminder um, to focus on.
0: And I noticed that the the saying on your wall, I think that a lot of spouses get so overwhelmed with having to move to places, especially if they're the ones that go on and do the research where they're like, oh no, I've heard Bragg is the worst place in the world. And they come here and they're just like, have this attitude of like, this is going to be the worst two to four years of my life Mm -hmm. and they don't ever try to get out of that attitude. And I think that having something visually and big, like you were talking about, like, it's not that bad. Like remind yourself every day that it's what you make it. You can definitely make your tours to different places miserable. If you really want to, you can sit there and loathe and you can sit at home and complain about crime rate. You can complain about, I mean, military towns come with crime rate. That's just part of it. You can't say that the reason you hate living there is because of things the town includes. You have to go out and make a community. You have to support yourself and find ways to love the area for yourself or you're just going to be
1: miserable. It is a huge chunk of your life. Why throw away four years? I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves with military spousal pages is everyone is always so quick to say it's horrible. It's it's no, There's nothing to do here. There's you know I hated it. But then coming to like, you can really dig down on those posts and find that those, those individuals never got out into the community. They never explored. Like, you know, peop- we see it all the time about bragging, like, but listen, like you're, you're two hours from the beach. You're three hours from the mountains. You are in really close driving distance to Charleston, Savannah, DC. You're in a prime location. Like if you were away for the first time in your life and you've never seen the beach or you've never seen the mountains or you want to go see some historical sites like this is the perfect location for you to get out and experience that. And if you're just going to sit in the house and kind of brood over being away from the last installation, like it's going to seem miserable. It's going to feel yucky. So I'm I'm always every time I see those posts, I'm like, wait a minute, like there's all these different things you can do. Um, because I mean, so many times we hear that. And, thought, and that goes back to thought patterns. And so,
2: and I talk about how important they are because we are in a culture and a community with what? Absolutely no control. We are in zero control of where we live, of what's going to happen next. And so what a great opportunity to take back control of something. And what that is, is your thought process. And so that is a number one thing that we can take back. It's hard though. And I've had a lot of spouses say, are you telling me if I, if I just have happy, positive thoughts that it's going to change everything. It's very different from toxic positivity where you, and I say this all the time, my kids are young, but the Lego movie, everything is awesome. It's not that it's not just saying everything's great. It's validating. Hey, this isn't my favorite spot I've ever lived, but I love that I can get to the beach in three hours. I love that I've um, met a pocket or a community of friends. So part of that shifting, and it's difficult when we get stuck in that negative thought process because what negativity breeds negativity. How do you, what are some baby steps? My favorite thing to do is a list of wins. So in the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, what are your three wins from today? And so what, it, what that is systematically doing is training your brain instead of focusing on, you know what, I didn't get everything I got done, wanted to get done today. I, I didn't get to this appointment on time. Instead of perseverating or keeping thinking about what you didn't do, shift your mind to here's three wins. My kids went to bed on time. They were fed and they were actually clean. Hey, that's a win during deployment sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, list your wins at the beginning of the day from the previous day or in the evening. It
0: starts to shift that negative thought pattern to positive. I absolutely. I, yeah, I yeah. agree. That's exactly what I did. So, I have a custom made planner because I use it daily. And one of the big things that I added to it in the last couple of years is a daily gratitude. And at the top, there's just three bullet points where at the end of the day, I always journal inside my planner too. That's how I use it. So I journal what we did throughout the day and how that made me feel. But then I always have to. So if I'm having the worst day ever, I have to fill out those bullet points because mentally I can't leave that blank. So it makes me love that. that on like the day and be like, oh, well, today was great because at least we had warm weather. Or, you know, something like that to look back and think about what was the good things in my day.
2: I love that. I absolutely love that. And they they are, there's gratitude lists. There's a million different ways you can do it. For our family, the wins work because we do it with the kids as well as like, what are your wins from today? And again, it's just shifting your mind to focus on those things because gosh, if you search for negativity, you will find it. If you search for negative things, you will find them. But I, on the flip side, if you search for positive, positive interactions, positive things on your assignment in your community, you can find them as well. And I use COVID as such a prime example. So much of us caught, got caught up in uh, how much of a challenge and struggle COVID is. And it is, yes, validated. But what are some fantastic things about it? Hey, We're doing this today, more podcasts, more virtual meetings, uh, able to connect with individuals in a way that previously we weren't as smart on. So COVID has helped us develop in a lot of different ways as a nation. And so, again, it's shifting to those wins or those gratitudes of going through a challenge and struggle. You can gain strength out of it. You can gain wins out of it. The key comes in that self-reflection time of what did I gain out of this? What could I have done better? What will I do better next time?
1: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it a little bit ago. Um, We've definitely talked about this on our past podcast. I know Sabrina feels this way. I feel this way, you know, a healthy, a happy, healthy military family equals a happy, healthy soldier, which in return, it means a healthy, strong force. And so you just published a new book, and we've touched a little bit about that on the podcast. But I wanted to see: was there any? Could you tell us a little bit about the new book, and if there was anything else you wanted to add about transforming your stresses into the strengths? Um.
2: Absolutely. So it's Mill Spouse Strength, and it's really it's my second book. The first one was derived from that experience that I talked about. So it was Wake Up, Kick Ass, Repeat, and the second one is really focusing more on those tools and techniques that are so important. And so I gave you glimpses of it, talking about your response to stress and challenges, as well as management. So I go, I dive really deep into those tools and systematic ways and reflection questions of, wow, that can seem overwhelming. How do I shift my mindset? Well, it's training your brain. And so I give you specific ways that we can do that and tools Um, that we can help make that move to more positive thoughts and emotions and behaviors. And so the focus is, again, a lot on those tools and techniques and understanding stress in general. We use stress as such a blanket term, but what is stress really? So I dive really deep into what is stress and what does that mean for a military spouse? What does that mean for our community and how can we take back that control? It's been an awesome journey of being able to help military spouses. For me, this is just another resource. This is another tool that you can put in your toolbox that maybe you don't use right now, but you PCS this summer and find out it's the most significant one for you. Pull that tool out, try some new techniques, pick up a tool that you've never used before, see if it works. The other key part that I talk about is that reflection piece. After you go through a significant challenge or stressor, how do you change it into strength? Well, if it didn't turn into strength, what what happened? Well, I looked back. I really didn't use any tools. Okay, you didn't use any tools during this deployment. Are you surprised with the outcome that it was the hardest one? Well, I shouldn't be because I didn't put any tools into place. What's your plan of action for next time? What we don't want to do is get stuck into that negative stress loop where We just keep deteriorating our bodies, right? Because stress breaks us down. We want to take an experience and say, what did I do well? What could I do better? And guess what? That prepares you. That puts up an armor for you the next time that stress or challenge is presented. Because we know as part of a military community, it's around the corner. We'll have another one. It's not going away. What can we do to posture
1: ourselves to be ready for that? And I think that's important because like, it's not going to go away. You know, you're always going to have, if your soldiers making a career out out of the military, you're going to have PCSs. You're going to have deployments. You know, you may come down on recruiting or drill duty orders. That happened to us. Like we thought we had a whole nother year when we were in Alaska and we're like, Hey, nope. In 45 days you're leaving. And it was one of those like, I just got promoted at work and I had just gone back to work because I had just had my son. Like I had just gone back to full time, got a promotion. And then they're like, yep, in 45 days, you're leaving Alaska and going to Texas. And then, of course, we had the, you know, wasn't going near military installation because it was recruiting duty. And I was like, how how are we going to do this? Like, how is this going to happen? How are we going to have like, you know, the insurance and things like that? And it threw me for a loop. And I was like, you know what? We, we ended up getting stationed um, near some extended family that we don't see ever. And so we were like, okay, well, we'll get to, you know, see them more often. And that was really, really great. That was like one of the positives that I took from it. I also took the positive that I got to have my second child in a civilian mm-hmm. hospital. If you're a military spouse and you've had kids, you'll understand <laughs> that, you know, healthcare, TRICARE is great. We, we. Free healthcare, like it's great, but it's very different from the civilian sector in terms of like having a baby. So um, I was really excited to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, and
2: the and the PCS cycle that you talk about that, and I I address that as well as that cycle of emotions. My goal with this tool, with this resource, this book, is is closing that. So we know that cycle of emotion of okay, we're getting ready to move. My active duty spouse just told me where we're going. I'm going to hate it there. You get stuck in that. I get it there. I don't like it here. And eh, I kind of like it here. I found some friends. I really like them. Now I'm inviting them to my child's baptism there. They become like family. I don't ever want to leave this place is the point at which you receive orders to the next mm-hmm. place. Right. So the goal in that, when we're talking about that PCS cycle of emotions is to shorten that time frame of, I hate it here, I don't want to be here. We want to shorten that. Is it still going to be present? Right. Those initial thoughts we can't get rid of. You're going to have initial thoughts. Those are okay. How can we shift them as soon as we can to make that other part of the cycle of, I love it here. I found friends that are like family. How can we lengthen that and make that experience as positive as we can? So that's the other part of just shifting it is shortening that, that emotional cycle that we go through every single time
1: yeah I always tell like we have a lot of younger spouses that are like on their first PCS and they're always like I I just don't want to leave we've made such good friends and as someone who's been in the military for 34 years growing up military I'm always like the military community is actually really small and you'll be surprised that you most likely will see that person again, especially if you guys stay in the same type of MOS. So like, it's not forever goodbye, like keep in contact, go visit. Like we we talked about that on another podcast, you know, your husband's deployed and your, your friend just moved to like, say you're here at Fort Bag and they went to like Benny. Like that's only a seven hour drive. Go take a week, go take a girl's trip and go visit and keep those connections alive. And that can really help with those feelings of feeling like you're always consistently starting over and making new friends.
2: I had such uh, a great conversation uh, related to that with a friend that I made in Okinawa. And to be honest here, we just moved to uh, Yorktown, Virginia. My husband's at Langley and I have a remote job. And so I'm not getting out in the community too much. I'm busy with my remote job and children. So I haven't made those friendship connections. And I was talking to her on the phone and she taught me a great lesson. She's like, Kendra, but just look at, you can call me, you have friends around the world that if you needed something, if you wanted something, someone to talk to, someone to come visit, they would hop on a plane in an instant and get on a virtual coffee meet date with you in a second. And it was such a good reminder that even though I might not have that person physically close to me, I have a long list of friends that would offer me that physical, emotional, social support Anytime I needed it, we just have to, I just have to initiate and take advantage of those awesome friendships that we build on being part of the military community.
0: Oh, say a big part of what Deployed Love is doing this recently is we've gotten our group on Facebook to grow pretty largely. Um, and then that's a great place where you can make those friends. And you know, when you move, Deployed Love is going to be at a lot of the bases that you're going to go to. especially. Um, big deploying bases. So if your, your husband has an MOS where they frequently deploy, we know, like airborne and stuff like that, you're going to be moving to similar places across the nation. And we, that's why we've kind of joined with putting our spouses out there where they're creating that community so that you have friends that you maybe talk to in the group and you move and you're like, I'm not going to know anybody at Norfolk, but you move there and you're like, Oh wait, the person that I've been talking to in the group that I've been answering questions is already here. And they go to deploy love events. I'm going to go to the next coffee. I'm going to run into them and you start making those friendships a lot quicker. I think that's a lot of what the benefit of that is for sure.
1: And I was just going to add in there, um, like, you know, putting yourself back out there, like that is again, like we don't do that. Like you just said, I just have to do that again. You just have to put yourself first and make sure you take those steps to make those connections. I'm the same way. I'm the worst person. Like I have friends all over the world and I'm just like, man, I really wish someone would like go have like dinner with me or who could just sit and talk with me for a few minutes. And then I'm like, but no one's like either everyone that I know here is busy with something. And then I'm like, oh wait, like I do have people that I can call. Like I can call this person. I can call this person. And it's just that mental click. Like we have to be like, yes, you have time to do this. Set that time aside to have that virtual coffee or to go to an event. And I think that's important because I know I do it. I'm the worst at like taking that time for myself to get that mental stimulation, having another person to talk to. Cause I work from home too. And I have young kids. So like, I feel a lot of times that I don't have that adult interaction, um, which is one of the reasons why I started going to the deployed love events was because I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to meet other like-minded military spouses in the community. And I've grown several friends. So um, it's
2: important. It's really important my poor husband, he gets home and he's like, you got to give me five minutes. I'm like, why? He's like, cause when I come home, you just verbally vomit for like two hours. And I'm like, because I've had no <laughs> one else in the home with me all day long, just be my friend. And he's like, I need five minutes. So it's a good boundary that we would set that I give him a five minutes and he's like, okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I love that. My husband's not a big talker. He's always been an um, introvert. So he, like, I can ask him like, be like, Hey, how's your day? Shrug. <laughs> no. What'd you do today? Nothing really. And I'm like, I'm asking you questions because I want to have an adult conversation. Like, can you get me a little more? So they usually, then I'm like messaging Sabrina, like, okay, what, what can we chat? Like, let's do something. Cause I need adult interaction.
0: <laughs> it's important. It really is. Yeah. And I think that kind of brings us full circle of mental health is, is adult interaction. It is alone time. It's whatever you need to mentally get back to Thinking positive, thinking back to reflecting, like you've talked about journaling, whether that is journaling or calling your mom. I mean, whatever that takes to do to get back to your being strong so that your spouse can be strong and the military is strong. Um, so I'm going to add in a question that wasn't in the agenda to talk about, but we always kind of like to add when we're talking specifically to military spouses is, What would your best advice for a new military spouse be? And what would your best advice for a seasoned spouse be?
2: You know, we have that delineation, I guess, or we often divide them up into new spouses and seasoned spouses. I don't like to do that as much because I do believe that a spouse is a spouse. And as we talked about validating any struggle is real. Advice is as soon as you can really try to Shift your mindset. It will set you up. And, and if you are a seasoned spouse right now, it's not too late. You can start shifting that mindset of celebrating wins. And I say this all the time um, to military spouses we sacrifice a lot. We sacrifice a whole lot. If I asked, and I've done this exercise with spouses before, write down all your sacrifices, make a list of sacrifices or losses, whatever you want to call them because of the nature of the military community. Wow, they can write down a lot of things really quick. Now, write down a list of all your wins, of all the things that are awesome about it. I find that they pause a little bit more in that. My hope for a new military spouse, for a seasoned military spouse, for one five years in, is that list of wins far exceeds that list of losses that list of sacrifice. That when you sit down and you were asked to do that exercise, that you could quickly, fastly fill up three pages of wins and celebrations of being part of this community and that the losses and the sacrifices cause you to pause. That the losses and sacrifices take you longer to write. So truly my hope and my advice is start building that list. So when you Do have a struggle, when you do have a challenge, guess what? Pull it out. Pull out that list and say, yes, this is really tough right now. We weren't expecting this deployment, but I know I have a community that is stronger than any community out there that would circle me in a second to support me. That's pretty unique. That's pretty unique. And when we talk about military spouses, military families that separate, that retire, What's their biggest loss? Their biggest loss is that community that we build. Take advantage of that. So start those lists now. Start shifting now so that when you do present yourself in a time that you're struggling, that you have that to reflect, to look back on to those three bullet points that you have in your planner that you can go back and look at. That would be my greatest advice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The things that has changed, just doing the simple three a day, it it makes a big difference in your life. And I think having a great master list is a great idea. And I think that's something I'm going to try to do myself because you do hit those spots where you're like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And it's so stressful. But if you had a list or even on your wall, make a huge list in your office, whatever it takes Mm -hmm. and look at it and think about those amazing things. It will be so much better for you. The military life in general. Um, so we really appreciate you coming on with us today. It was so nice to hear it. it was like therapy for us as well. <laughs> Just being able to talk to you and get some ideas back in our lives um, as we go through the stressful summer of PCS things and stuff coming up too. I'm excited that we are going to have all your information in the show notes. If you guys are looking for Dr. Kinderlow's information, any of her books where you can purchase them or websites or anything that you're looking for, we'll have that in the show notes as well as she's been so generous as to donate a copy of one of her books for us to give away to you. So look in the show notes and we'll have instructions on how you can possibly win this copy of her book. Otherwise, we're so glad you joined us and we hope to hear again from you soon. Thank
2: you both so much. And I really want uh, listeners to know that I'm a resource. And so in that point of contact, I will give you my email address as well. Please consider me a resource. I love. When military spouses reach out to me. So do not hesitate. If it's a small question, if it's to celebrate a win and send it to me, whatever it is, please reach out. Consider me a resource. If I don't have all the answers, I promise you that I can help you find it and I can be there to help support you. So again, thank you for allowing me this opportunity today to talk about something that just absolutely fills me up and brings me joy. And I wish
0: you all the best great thank you guys and thank you for listening again and we will talk to you again next month and as we like to say ruck up buttercup